Hello, welcome back to Bitten Peach Pod. Thank you for popping into the pod. Today we have an episode for you to bite into with your ears. Just open those ears and chomp down on the new episode of Bitten Peach Pod. If you're just joining us, welcome, welcome. This is the Queer Asian Podcast, where queer Asians talk on a podcast. That's the concept. Simple, straightforward. We like to put on the tin what you're going to get. And you're going to pop open the tin and you're going to bite into what's inside. I think I'm mixing too many metaphors. Let's let's get rolling. Let's tell you who I am. I'm your host. I am Shay Shay. I'm coming at you right now from California. But usually I live in London, which is where I am part of the collective Bitten Peach, which is a Asian cabaret collective where a lot of our guests are part of it. And everyone, everyone is slowly being infected by the Bitten Peach. Once again, the, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe infection isn't the right terminology to be using. There's enough Asian infection narratives going on in the media. We're going to rewind it back. We're going to redact that. What we're going to say, the Asian invasion. That also sounds a bit aggressive. The Asian persuasion. Welcome to the Asian persuasion podcast. That could have been a good name for this podcast to tell you the truth, but it's called Bitten Peach and we're here to bite into the peach of our special guest today who's so graciously offered up their peach for us to take a big old bite of. I'm so happy to have our guests today because we go way back. We go back, we go all the way back. Back before the Bitten Peach was a collective. Back before the coronavirus. We go back to a simpler time. Actually, it was a dark time. It was it was 2017, the year after everyone died. In 2016, famously, histori- history shall show, everyone died in 2016 including the uh, queer icon George Michael. Not Asian, but queer. And me and our guests actually met when we were on set recording a new version of a uh, George Michael video. You'll, you might know of our, our, of our artists, especially if you exist in London or beyond, because, oh, this, this, this icon, this queen is staring at me across the Zoom screen, the, the queen on the screen is a performer, dancer, Lip Sync 1000 champion. Despite what their name tells you, they're not an illusion. They're very much real. But I would like you to welcome into your teeth in your ears, your ear teeth, it is Bali Illusion. Yes. Hello, hello, Bali hello. Illusion. The crowd cheers. Just a Bali Illusion. Yes. Hello. Flowers thrown at me. Hello. It is me. Bali Illusion. Oh my gosh, Jay. That was amazing. And can I just say, no one can see the behind the scenes of this video call, but that was such a theatrical moment uh, and um i wish i wish everyone could see that but i did i'm glad i saw that that was amazing thank well, you well you t- you told them you told them because you know this this podcast is can also be a visual experience yeah because we can describe we can paint the picture with our words audio description and, honey yes here it is right here right now we are going to describe each other so i'll describe to you right now everyone i am looking at bali illusion on the zoom screen bali illusion famously has been a bearded queen for many, many, yes. since the beginning of time. Since the beginning, Came darling. right out of the womb with a little mm-hmm. stubble wobble. Yeah. But recently, you went, you went smooth. Tell us about, Honey. how did you end up famous with a beard? Mm-hmm. Going, mm-hmm. 
Goodbye, goodbye, beard. Bye bye. Uh 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 uh. All I can say, one thing is lockdown, honey. It was lockdown because also for me, I had so much time on my hands and I was watching so much RuPaul. Like, generally, I was watching season, season, season just because I was like, I watched it once and I was enjoying it. But this time I wanted to analyze it. I'm, ver- I'm a very like, um, uh, analytic person. Is that the term to use? And then, an analytic? Yeah, analytical. That's it. That one. And for me, it was very much like, mm, I like was all about it, but I wanted to see what I would look like um, as a as that whole fantasy of a drag queen because you know I I believe I was a drag queen when I was I had a beard and like I still um, to this day believe in bearded drag queens, but I kind of want to just live this fantasy for myself of what I like would I feel different I want I had all these answers that I that I kind of all these questions sorry that I um, was that I began to question myself with in lockdown, where it was like, what, if I did this, what would it be like? If I did that, what would it be like? And one of them things was, what would I look like being beardless? So I was like, okay, let me just see. But then um, while I was thinking about it, I then got an offer for the Dome Club, which is like a new LGBTQ plus venue that's opening. Yeah, I just heard today, actually, that Soroya Marshall is going to be doing all the bookings. Yeah, yeah, which is amazing. Which is so fantastic. We yeah. need more queer people of color doing 100%. bookings up in this shit. Yes, yes, exactly. And it's about, like, speaking about it as well. I think people don't really... Oh, yeah, can we do a disclaimer where, like, in this uh, conversation, it's going to divert a lot because it's a conversation with body illusion and it does go into... Duffel Duffel and different lanes say. So. Oh my gosh, that we are just we are just spreading our veins out across our lives and the yes. scenes. We're gonna be plucking we're gonna be plucking from the patch of the of the peaches yep. and just kind of smashing together. We can go whatever direction we're we want. We're smashing the patriarchy, honey. Uh, that's what we're doing. Uh, um, but yeah. No, 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 no. Going back to um, bring it back, bring being it back. back to being a beardless queen, I kind of was like, you know, I want to do this and go with a bang. And then this opportunity from the Dome Club came and it was like, mm. you know, it's the first time after being in lockdown for three months and being on a stage. Like I've been doing a lot of um, online performances and doing a lot of workshops at home. But it's a very different experience. It's a very different experience. And it's like, I'm not on a stage. And so I was like, you know what? I want to really feel going back on the stage and yes I go yes. back as Bolly Illusion but this is a whole different Bolly Illusion that I'm bringing to the stage mm-hmm. and it really was and the like, illusion emphasis on illusion yeah literally the illusion and my beard was so symbolic to me and it still is but also it was a comfort zone for me it was something that was you know it was a statement for me but it's also something that I, I, I was hiding a lot of I feel like I was hiding a lot of things behind the beard. So it was a lot of like, you know, fears, a lot of like, mm. just like insecurities and anxieties that I have myself. It kind of was a shield for me. Um, and so I would say to my girls, like, I'm going to do this. Like, you know, you know me, I always come with my team. Yes. So, like The posse, the crew, the entourage. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so all the entourage. Yes. Yeah, so it was kind of a thing where like, it kind of, it kind of reminded me of times where like I came out as, as queer and like, you know, telling certain people for then like then the whole world knows and like mm-hmm. literally it was kind of the same thing like I, I told them and they're like are you sure you want to do it like actually yeah do it because it might look really really cool so I'm like yeah like I really have this urge and like I'm not doing it for other people I'm doing it for myself and while like and I thought like if not now when when am I going to do it it's just always going to be this what if what if so I was like no I'm going to do it they're like yeah do it so then one of my girls who does my makeup during lockdown she kind of was like no I really want to do it for you I want to I want to 
I want you to enjoy this like sauna experience and like you know even though you're shaving it off like I want you to oh like spa day makeover yeah it was literally celebrity treatment times five million it was really nice like when in Princess Diaries when they straighten her hair and take off her glasses oh my and gosh. suddenly she's a woman 100% but with us it included 420 so if you know it's if you know for oh, yeah. reason, you know it was all just a very amazing experience for me. I really enjoyed it. You just let let it wash over you. Yeah, Ooh. and we literally did a whole hour video of it all. So I think we're like I do want to release it, but I still just wanna I want to keep it for us for now because I think it's really it was a really cute little moment. And then yeah, and so even when I when I did go and was performing at the at the dome, I think you know it was Ethan and you know shout out all the promoters and and all them people. But Ethan um, was like, oh wow, like you really are going beardless, like because we were still like shaving <laughs> backstage, we were still shaving, and he was like, wow, there's so much of a process to it all. Oh my god, like my oh my, god. <laughs> my throat is like I feel like my ancestors are like yes, this um, beardless moment is a is a moment. I totally. So I'd love to. If you're willing to talk about it, when you talk about the beard kind of being able to hide some insecurities, and this could be a combination of answers, but was part of it to do with like, as feminine and beautiful as every part of me gets to be when I'm on stage, dressed all, you know, glammed out in heels and makeup and hair, Mm -hmm. was the beard a way to be like, but don't, don't get it confused. I'm not, I'm not actually a woman. Was it kind of this like protector of gender or was it more about like, hiding part of your face in terms of insecurities there. Do you know what? I'm not going to lie to you, Shisha. It was literally all of it. All of it. It was all of it. It was literally all of it. And I also realised when I did have a beard, I still do feel more powerful with a beard. Like, I, I personally feel this is my own opinion, but I feel like it's more of a statement. It's so much more power because you're, you're, you're bridging the two. You're literally bridging masculine, which is, you know, like seeing it from a from a perspective of like even like family is like it's very a masculine thing having a beard and having hair is very masculine and wearing makeup and wearing just like a simple nose ring mm-hmm. is very feminine or bindi let's say is very feminine so for me it was really bridging that too and i really really loved that mm-hmm. but right now i am loving this whole like this whole new person and like it's also something that i i recently did a gig as well um all COVID friendly, of course, with um, Manara, lovely Manara. Mm-hmm. And she, like, we just had a conversation about it and she was just saying to me, like, you know, and even looking at the South Asian drag queens that we have currently who are all busting it at the moment, like, so, 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 so proud of all of them. Like, a lot of them are um, repping the beard. Like, you know, they're all for the beard and that's so powerful. But there also isn't a lot of South Asian queens who are beardless as well. So it's kind of like this conversation and this this thing that I think we always find ourselves is that we're not seeing enough representation. So even mm-hmm. even now, like when we like when we see commercials and stuff like that, we're not really seeing a lot of South Asian drag queens. And I think yeah. like it's very interesting. In in all the drag race franchises, we've only had one South Asian mm-hmm. who's exactly who, yeah who won who won Canada's drag race. So like let's mm-hmm, let's mm-hmm. a moment a moment for Priyanka. Yes, we rate Priyanka, we love Priyanka. But I think it's even like when it comes to commercial, because, you know, we love drag, you know, we love drag race as well. But I think for, for like, let's say East London queens or London queens that are very all about being gender fluid and like live it, we're all living for that. I think commercially um, and getting booked and being with agencies is, is, is very difficult because I think they have a vision and it's just like, they just want someone 
a drag queen, you know, without a beard, mm-hmm. let's say, and they're, they're not really finding that. So even for me, I'm kind of like seeing different revenues yeah. for me where I can, I yeah. can stand for both now. I can do both and I'm confident to do, mm-hmm. to do both. Get a queen who can do both. Yes, versatile, honey. All about versatility. You get the best of both worlds. Oh, Literally. That's the only words I know. Same. I mean, it's Hannah, it's Hannah Montana, right? It is, it is, yes. Not to be confused yeah. with Miley Cyrus. Not the same person. No, no, no. <laughs> Not the same person, no. because look at Miley Cyrus and look at Hannah Montana. Yeah, Miley Cyrus, mess, Hannah Montana, queen. Literally. I mean, Miley Cyrus, Miley Cyrus has her moments where she can be queenie, but... I worship the altar of Hannah Montana. No, <laughs> I was always That's So Raven. Oh my God, That's So Raven, yes. And Sister Sister, honey, let's talk about let's <gasps> talk about Netflix and all of the old shows that they're bringing yes, back. Yes, Sister Sisters, it's on Netflix now. Girlfriends, like, it's all amazing. Like, honestly, lockdown is, has been interesting, but like, it's so weird. Should, can we talk about lockdown for a moment? I mean, it's the only thing on anyone's mind. So yeah, of course, we can talk about it. I know. I just feel like, you know, people are like, tired of talking about it, but I feel like... It's actually crazy. It's actually crazy to even think about we're still... A year later. A year later and we're still here. And like everyone's still like... Like we're all waiting, waiting for that day to just, you know, go to the club. Have, and do you know what it is? I don't even want to be messy. I just want to be in an environment... Out? Yeah, in an environment where like people are just vibes in and dancing. Even for like, you know, the bit and peach. Like it's been so long since we've all just hang out together and being in a park and, you know, uh, chilling and vibes in and laughing and crying, you know? Chilling and vibes in and laughing and crying. That's all we want to do. That's all we want to do. Yes. That should be our entrance it's for true. when we do our next bit and peach day. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to just be able to be out. And it doesn't need, it doesn't need to be a big packed club. No. I just want to be out around some people that I like. And 100%. it not be like... Not be like, oh, no. I'd love to just be able to say, I'm going to be at this place, come through. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Not like, I'm going to pick my only closest four friends. And I'm going to book a table three weeks in advance. And we're only going to be allowed to be there for an hour and a half. And we have to buy a meal. And be in our social bubble. Literally. The social bubble is great. Like I really love my social bubble. But now it's also got to that point where we also want to like cut each other's throats off. You're like, I want to pop the bubble. Yeah. I want to pop this bubble and get it popping. Yeah, it's it's crazy, but um, but yeah, there's lots of exciting things coming up as well. So we just, I think the motto is we have to keep it moving, like keep it moving, and that's what we're all doing. So kudos mm-hmm. to everyone and us for like keeping it moving, and you know, I think it's also we have to also realize that it's all like passing by, like it's all passing by by moments and feelings. Like we're all gonna get through it, honey. We are. I know. Well, I mean. I'm sure no one would believe a year ago that we would still be in it in a year from now and that we wouldn't have all mm-hmm. completely lost it. Yeah. And I will say, I think everyone, and if anyone says that they haven't, they're lying. Mm-hmm. I think everyone's lost their mind a little bit mm-hmm, at mm-hmm. different points. Yeah. At different points. And you know what? What I appreciate is a lot of people have been very honest about that. Yeah. There's been a lot of people that have been like, yo, having a real hard time at the mm-hmm, moment, mm-hmm. struggling. Shaja, honestly, it's so crazy because my anxiety, like, it was controllable controllable before lockdown. But then after the second mm. wave of it all, the lockdown honestly really, really got to me. And I live with my family, with my mum, dad and my brother. And, like, I'm a very busybody out of the ex- extrovert type of person. So being at home, it generally is, like, 
I feel like it's like a little bit of a prison. Like we all feel like that. And so, you know, I had an anxiety attack and this is the first time that I said to my mum, like, mum, I've had an anxiety attack. I'm having an anxiety attack. Ooh. And even for her, like it was very like, very real. I think it's very real because, you know, we can always, um, well, for me, I feel like I could always not hide things, but like, yes, I guess it is hide things and like run away from it and like, you know, be busy, busy, be really, really busy. Yeah. But this is the time where you're sitting with it. I'm sitting with it all and it's all coming, coming at me all at once. And so, you know, the only person I could turn to at the time was my mum. And like, it was lovely because I guess she was trying to be that mum to be like, oh, you know, I understand you and I get that. But really and truly, it's like, mm, you don't. Like, as much as I, I, I love you, you don't. And it's, it's nice to have that conversation. But I think being South Asian as well, even for me, I was like, did I really just say that to my mum? Did I really have that conversation? So, you know, there's, there are little, little things that are like opening. I'd be curious to know, you kind of like, in the way that you said, you know, you talking about it with your family mm-hmm. in a South Asian family, mm-hmm. talking about a, a mental health related thing mm-hmm. was a big deal. Because mm-hmm. uh, I'm not, I'm not part of that community. Mm-hmm. What, what would you say is kind of the, how does the South Asian community, at least from your perspective, at least where you live, address things like mental health issues? The thing is, from my perspective and where I'm from, they don't. Like, where I come from is very much mm-hmm. of a thing where something bad happens to you, you get on with it. You get up and you move on from it. You don't speak about it. Like, whatever happens, mm-hmm. it happens and that's it. You move on. Um, yeah. And that's how it's always been. And I think I come from a family that has a lot of pride, a lot of ego, and a lot of, like, I would say power because in, uh, so in South Asia, I come from a place called Kerala, um, which is like right at the bottom. Yes. It's like, literally right at the bottom so it's not like north india Mm -hmm. um and um yes i come from there and where i live my favorite restaurant Mm -hmm. in london Mm -hmm. is specifically cuisine from kerala (gasps) have you been to it's called rasa rasa no i've never heard of that one but you can take me yeah i'll go we can go on a date when we can go we gotta go it's so so good and you one of my favorite date. things about South Indian cuisine specifically is a lot mm-hmm. of the dishes are gluten-free naturally because I can't have gluten. Yeah. And the dishes yeah. already are gluten-free. It's not like a weird gluten-free version. Yeah. They just already are. So I get to eat yeah. the same things as everyone else and feel really like, <gasps> yeah, beautiful. Because especially from that part of India, there is it's all vegetarian and there's a lot of coconut and there's a lot of fish. Mm. Like it's all fish-based. So it's all like loads of seafood, seafood galore kingfish or whatever, like you know the fishes i'm not really that much of a fish person you're myself. not a fishy queen <laughs> no honey <laughs> we mean literal fish everyone please do not cancel me we, yeah. we were talking about actual fish in the sea yes <laughs> okay wait so i i cut you off to tell you about this restaurant that i couldn't even remember the name of shame <laughs> on me shame on me you were saying that your family is from kerala yeah so we're from kerala and um i was born here but my mom came here when she was really really young and when she was about like i think 13, 14, and my dad came here when he was a bit older, and so they met, they had like a rage marriage, but what was beautiful was that um, my grandparents, um, so there was this, they kind of built this Malayali community, so I speak Malayalam, and so um, there was this, there was enough of them in West London and Southall to create this community where they all like would meet up together, and they would, it's kind of like, and this is how I explain it, well, we'll get there in a second, but yeah, so, um, yeah, so they would meet up and they would have, like, uh, you know, community functions where they'll do, like, um, you know, uh, dinner and dances. So, you know, um, the younger the younger kids would 
um, mm. dance and it will be there for the families to eat. So you. Yeah. So You'd be there doing the full show. Yeah, so You'd be like, play that Ariana Grande track. Right, so I mean, she wasn't out she yet. She wasn't out yet. So I was the Ariana Grande. I was... Do you know what it is? I remember one time I was saying to Ruben, mm-hmm. we all know Ruben, that I sometimes, I felt like I was the Beyonce of the community <laughs> because I was just going from literally, instead of like being with my friends, instead of being with my friends, I would literally be going to dance competitions like mm-hmm. in, in the community. So it was called Asian Net Talent Contest. And so it would, I would literally go from, from competition to competition to competition. And I won like consecutively consecutively for like four years and so I was building this like name for myself at the time but it was all under the my mom. Beyonce. I was the Beyonce basically. Oh, and you still are. I was the Malayali Beyonce. That's what I'm going to call myself. <laughs> Malayali Beyonce. <laughs> oh my god. That so, might have to be the name of the episode. Yeah I think we should. So I realized okay so usually I would have asked the question mm-hmm. but you kind of already answered it but I'll ask you anyway. <laughs> It's the question, the everyone's favorite question. Every yeah. Asian loves this question. It's our favorite question. And that question yeah. is, <clears throat> but where are you really from? I'm really from Southall. Southall. <laughs> so Southall is a small little place in West London. And I call it literally Little India. Um, and my family are from Kerala in South India. But it's literally, yeah, it's literally Little India. And I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. Okay, I'm a I'm an East London girl. I really feel like, you know, East London is where it's at for me. And the reason why I say that is because where I'm from, it's nice because there is, you know, there is that identity for me, which is, you know, Indians and South Indians and stuff like that. But I think a lot of it is the way that I am. I'm very mm-hmm. um, vibrant and out there. And I don't really give a flying F what people think. But with that comes aunties and uncles yeah. to strangers that I don't know who just will stare at me look at me up and down, not say anything. I'm walking by and I call them roadman, but they're literally just guys in tracksuits who um, deal weed and they're just laughing at me and they're literally just, they're sniggering at me. And, you know, for me, I've kind of dealt with that from a young age, but now I'm powerful enough to be like, ignore it and be like, you're not on my wavelength. And I think that, I think mm-hmm. a lot of the times is yeah. people just want a reaction from me and I'm sorry, you're not going to get it. Like if you're, if you're coming from that wavelength of, yeah. oh, look at you and ha ha ha, or like, look at this creature. Yes, honey, I'm a creature, but I'm a fabulous one. And if you're not, on, if you're not yeah. playing part of that team, then bye. You're like, you're like, actually, I can't even see you because you're not on my level. You're so far below my level yes. that I, you're, you're out of sight. I can't see you. I'm looking so far above your head. Do you know what's crazy about this whole thing is all of that time I've been dating. <laughs> oh, it's been not that great, I'm going to be honest with you. But at the same time, it's been really, really weird because I was on, um, I think it was Hinge. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was Hinge. Uh-huh. And um, this guy, like, we matched or whatever. And um, he was telling me how, you know, he lives in Hayes and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, my God, that's really, really close to where I live in Southall. Okay. And I was like, that's really weird to, to not see you on Grindr low. Anyway, um, <laughs> I think with that, he um, we then, like, met up and stuff like that. Um, not met up, but we had like a social distanced walk. Yes. In the park. Classic. Classic and, um, romance. Which is also, yeah, it's very, very interesting. But he was saying to me how he saw, he saw me in Southall one time walking and, um, he was with his friend and his friend was like, Oh my God, look at that guy. He's wearing like, he's wearing nail polish or something. And he must have stood up for me and be like, Oh, you know, 
um, you shouldn't like say sly comments to someone like that. But I was like, was that me? And he's like, yeah. And then I realized, oh my God, it was me. It's like, he's like, yeah, it was definitely it you. It was me. And, You're memorable, babe. Yeah, but also it was weird because like I've been, I've been around and walked past people who are in that group of, I say group of people, but they are the roadman. Let's say they're the roadman of them type of people. It's just more people who just aren't educated in... Um, in queerness edu- and gender diversity. They've not had to come into counter with it and they're, they are they don't understand it. So their automatic reaction is to villainize it or devalue it because it puts them... It makes them feel like they're in the position of power. Yeah. And so even speaking to someone like that who doesn't... He didn't know me at that time was kind of like sticking up for me sometimes you 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 might just need that one person that is like actually know the way that you're thinking is wrong and then that can that can seed something into that other person and then it can kind of change so i think like it's really weird because even with me i talk about you know these road man guys and like how they're annoying but a lot of my relationships or like let's say um entanglements yeah, thank you for saying that because I can't say that right now. Yeah. Um, just because of certain situations in the house, you know, and things. Yeah. Um, you know, with with a lot of with a lot of that type of stuff, it kind of makes me realise my my love life. Seeing guys and the guys that I'm dating are these type of guys, but these type of guys are the ones who need I feel like they need um Jesus. They need Jesus. They need <laughs> they need the yeah, they need Jesus, but also they need I feel like sometimes they just need to hear it from a different perspective. Like, it's really, it's really weird. Like, these type of guys are just in this, in this life. Cycle. In this cycle and in this life of just, it just being like one way and one way only. They're like yeah. hidden and they, they want to be hidden. And I think that like, there's only so much hiding you can do. And these guys are like, yeah, it's really sad. It's, I'm trying to like explain it in a way which I can, but it's basically what it is. Here's what it is. Basically, this is what it is. This is what it is. I'm doing a gig at the Glory. In a few in a few months, and my oh, next big yes. piece that I'm doing. When when what date? Um, it is in. Let me let me get my diary. Let's tell it's the just, let's let tell the podcasters. They're all gonna be they're gonna be looking at their empty calendars, all their diaries just completely blank, and they're gonna be like a show, a show is coming. Please a show from Bolivia. in the diary. So on the 26th of May, 2021, which is a Thursday. So after everyone's done all of their working from home or working from the office, um, there's a gig at the Glory that I'm doing. But basically, it's going to be a show and it's still in the works of it. But it's just basically all about my entanglements, let's say. All about mm. my entanglements and all of the messages that they've given me and all the messages that I've given them. And oh, kind of this- yes. Yes, I love because sometimes you'll post a little bit of an exchange that you'll get from mm-hmm, someone mm-hmm. Yeah. online. and. I, I mean, as a very different Asian, but mm-hmm, someone mm-hmm. who's definitely breaking gender boundaries like you, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, some mm-hmm. of the messages we get, oh my God. It's absolutely God. horrific. I just can't. And the thing is, and that's why it's also confusing as well, because these guys, like I see it as, as fetish as well. They see it as a fetish and I'm sick and tired. It's taken me a long time mm-hmm. to even, and even now I still, I'm in this phase of like, am I a fetish? Am I not? But I enjoy like, there's times where I do find it, like, I have this moment of like, yes, I'm a fetish and I'm going to be the best fetish ever. Like, I'm going to really work it. And all these things, I have all of these, like, these, these feelings in my head. It's very confusing. It's confusing because it's not just one or the other. It's not like, there's so many layers to it that it's like being fetishized is there are things that you can find within it 
to yeah. to find validating or powerful. Yeah. And that's something that's something that we should can you know commend ourselves when we are able to di- dissect something and find that it's more complicated than just mm-hmm. good or bad and be like okay there's some problems with this mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. there's some things that I can take I can take positive from this thing that could be considered problematic or is problematic yeah but it's it's multifaceted yeah exactly thank you thank you for being in that way because I'm so blah with my words you've made that sound just so so eloquent we're just so... kind of we're weaving we're, now we're weaving. Earlier we were picking and we were veins and now we're weaving together a tapestry yes. and we're just threading it. We're, we're just sewing into... like a needle pulling thread. Yes. And I think it's just like for me, like I don't really talk about these things like aloud as well. So it's kind of like bringing that out as well to the open. Because I feel like sometimes even speaking to you, so we were so we can relate on so many levels. And I, I just hope that like, you know, me us talking about these things i hope that someone else can listen to it and be like actually i'm not the only one that thinks like this or you know i'm not the only one that Mm -hmm. if i do feel these moments of like oh i want to dive into this can i can i try i think like you know we should open our minds and really go into the unknown i would say as well i think something something that kind of that i talked to samantha sun about that kind of remind me of this is like Mm -hmm. samantha said not in these exact words i am paraphrasing said something like if you want to fetishize me, you got to pay me. Yes, yes, 100%. Like, I got to get something out of it, too. It can't be purely, like, for your pleasure. So, in, in other no. ways, like, payment doesn't have to be in money. But if you're going to yeah. fetishize me, I better feel powerful doing it. And you know what it is? So, all these guys that have, like, let's say, quotation marks, fetishized me, and, like, I've wanted to, like, you know, get into entanglement, let's entanglement. say. Entanglement. Um, it's actually really, for me, I see it as power... I see it in the power for me as of like, actually, we've left this meeting in a conversation with the conversation of you actually leaving, leaving this meeting or whatever it is, knowing something a bit more that you didn't necessarily know or something that like, mm-hmm. you know, if, even with these guys that are, are like, oh, like, why, why do you wear, why do you wear nail polish? Why do you, why are you the way that you are? Yeah, they might have like, they might, I think they're also curious to, to find out why why I am like this. And I'm like, actually, the reason why I'm like this, I'm like this for, for this, this, and this. And also I'm powerful for this, this, and this. And it makes them more like, oh, wow, actually, bitch, yeah, you are powerful. And it, yeah, mm-hmm. it leaves me knowing that they know I'm a, I'm a bad bitch, basically. Yeah. And, that's like, and that you've, like, enlightened someone a little bit. Uh, yeah, I've, I've literally... You've dropped seeded, the knowledge. Yeah, I've seeded that knowledge. Seeded? Of, yes. <laughs> what kind of entanglement was this? I mean, sometimes it can go left, right, up, down, round and round. Who knows, honey? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it could be just a dance a dance session that I'm teaching okay, them. Okay. And they, they've left that being like, wow, Bali Illusion has has given me that power so yeah you've, you know. you've enlightened their thinking and like ah uh, there is something great in that and then there's also something annoying about that because it's like i don't want to have to fucking be a professor of gender studies and race studies every no. time i meet someone for a romantic entanglement no yes exactly but that's also do you know what it is that's also i realized it's it's the type of type of people that i go for and the type of people that are like coming my way as well it's this like mm. am i still going to entertain it or am i going to say no now i'm beginning to start to say no more because i'm realizing i'm tired i'm tired of having to like educate yes. these people and say so, exhausted so exhausted and she needs a nap i need a nap <laughs> i actually do need a nap yeah so there's a lot of a lot of things that i'm like realizing and deepening 
during this time. So sorry, everybody, if it's a bit wiffle waffle in here and there. I know. You know what? I'm. Our listeners are not going to be able to listen to this at any sort of increased speed because they're going to have to slow it down just to understand you. You and I both talk very fast. Oh, I'm so sorry, everybody. No, don't apologize. Oh my god, we're giving them the so much more bang for their buck. <laughs> it's only an hour long episode, and they're going to get about ten hours worth of content. Also, do you know what it is, JJ? I also forget that like. Where you know doing a podcast because I was spoken to you in so long and just seeing you and having this exchange is so amazing. I love it. I know we're back in action. So actually, why don't we? Why don't we? I hinted at it before I even brought you into the Zoom room mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at the very start of when we first met because we did meet oh, yeah. in like the most random circumstance. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. Random's not the right word. Predestined, perhaps, is mm-hmm. a better word. Mm-hmm, but back in 2017. The year after mm. George Michael had died, the Beast, beautiful icon. his company was going to make a new version of the Freedom music video. Mm-hmm. And it was going to feature a bunch of different people that, uh, what was our category? The category is fabulousness. Okay, yes. Uh, fabulous, but also some sort of struggle. Yeah, we Like everyone in the group, like it was a lot of people of color. It was a lot of queer people. It was people with disabilities. It was people with scars, people who had been in accidents, people who grew up uh, without parents. It was like people that had to overcome sort of of struggle. Mm -hmm. And it was this great idea for like everyone. It was like called the Freedom Project because it was the Freedom song. But unfortunately, even though we slayed it, absolutely, we all looked incredible. It was a wonderful group of people. Mm -hmm. It got it got kind of like delayed and delayed. And it did finally get released, though. If you want to find it online. Yeah, you can. It's unusual. And when we were on this set, that was the very first time we met. And I remember specifically because in the final video, the shirt that you're wearing is a shirt that I brought with me that I let you wear. Yes, you did. Literally. And you were the, you literally were the first drag queen that I saw literally putting on, like putting on their face. Like you were the first drag queen that I ever met in a, in a dressing room putting on face. Oh, wow. I will never ever forget that, JJ. Like literally the conversation that we had, like, I remember being like, do you know this person? Cause that was the only person that I really knew in, in the scene at the time. And then you were like, yes. And like, just to think, like, I was like, I saw you and you to this day are one of my inspirations and like to be able to honestly and to be able to be part of the Ben Peach family and to to share stages with you it like mind boggles me like I'm so so I'm so so grateful and I'm so glad that I met you because that everyone on that on that set was amazing but I remember seeing you and you were like babe where's the coffee or something I remember you asked something (laughs) and you looked at me straight away and I was like yeah over there and then we clicked from there and that well, was... I was like, I turned to you, I was like, bring me a coffee. Yeah, yeah. But um, no, yeah, it was a nice little... That was nice. It was a and, wonderful um, day. Beautiful Because day. everyone was so lovely and nice and friendly, yeah. including the people that were doing the directing and the shooting. Mm-hmm. But like everyone in the group, all the talent that they'd picked, were so kind to each other and generous with... And we were there all day. Do you remember? It took the all day we did get paid though like it's not like we you know got exploited and we also went to the youtube studios which is major that was key Mm. i've never went there before so that was nice i had another question this is what happens when we we weave and we we we, we we meander i lose my train of thought 
But I have a good question. I have a question. This is a question that I mm-hmm. ask everybody mm-hmm. on the podcast. I want to take you back mm-hmm. when you were little, when you were little in South Hall, and you were already, you know, on your way to yeah. becoming the local Beyonce. Who was the first or most notable Asian icon that you saw when you were young and you thought, oh, that could be me, or it is me, that's me, that me, that be me? I would say, do you know what, this this question, it always, it confused me a little bit because I feel like I have never really, I would say like Ashwarya Rai, because she's, you know, Ashwarya Rai is a beautiful Bollywood actress, like absolutely stunning. But when it comes to like mm-hmm. someone that I really wanted to like, I was like, you know what, I want to be on the, I want to be on the stage. It was actually my cousin. Okay, <laughs> yes, my cousin. cousin. She was, the, she was one of the first girls that I saw like, on the stage and it she was actually doing Bhadanatyam so it was South Indian classical dance yeah um, so it's a little bit different to like other um, South Indian uh, classical dance forms like Kathak it's a little bit different but like it's kind of same mm-hmm. it's kind of it's they're like sisters let's say okay um, she was like performing and doing a Bhadanatyam uh, piece of of work and then I was like wow that's so beautiful like I love to do something like that because she was in like this really long plait and it was like plaited. Oh, the long plait is one of my favorite aspects of like traditional yeah. Indian looks, and it had flowers. especially with dance. Yeah, it had flowers in it because that 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 plait Honey. it whips around like a whole nother limb. It's a whole moment. It's a whole moment and a half. Two arms, two legs, and one very long plait. Yes. So like yes, yeah, so I would see her, and I would go to her performances. And I'll be like, no, I really, I really want to, I really want to do this. So then, yeah, I started learning and then I was doing, and then I was doing that. But then another person that I, that I really like saw as an icon, a major icon was MIA. And that was more with my teenage <gasps> years. Oh, yeah. I mean, cause she's British as yeah, well. And she's Tamil. And I feel like, you know, she was, and she's dark skinned, she's dark skinned, you know, Tamil girl. And it was someone who I could really relate to who was making music and like amazing music. And she was a brilliant artist and she was a lot of a, she gave this rebel vibe about her. And I, I really loved that. And mm-hmm. she was like, you know, dismantling the patriarchy. And I was, I'm just so here for that. Uh, you know? She's so fab because like she doesn't fit into any of the like South Asian woman stereotypes. And she has no That's interest cool. in trying to be anything like that. Yeah. And if you haven't, if you haven't, like seen any of MIA's work or don't know MIA it's on Netflix so please do watch a documentary yeah there's a documentary I haven't seen it yet oh my god it's honestly incredible I'm... please do watch it because it talks about um where, like yeah. where she came from in like in Sri Lanka um and all of that from like Tamil like I think she she was living in Tamil Nadu and stuff like that but literally it like literally talks about her life and yeah it's honestly amazing and she is amazing and yeah I know it sounds really really cheesy but that another another thing is my friends like people that people that are around me a lot they inspire me to make me be my own artist because I think you know like talking about what we talked about earlier in terms of mm-hmm. we're not seeing that much of us on TV or on you know on any no media places oh my god so, so, like, you know, so little we are our own inspirations I think we need to start believing in ourselves and being like oh I'm my own inspiration and my surroundings what's inspired me because we that's how we make our art right like yes we can there's so many mixes I can do with Ariana Grande with MIA and with with you know all these artists that are out there already but it's not really 
pushing me and myself as my own artist. So I'm like, actually, what is making me and my my own artist? And that is my surroundings and my stories. And I remember I had a meeting yesterday and I was speaking to someone about like my next my next projects and they were like, oh, yeah, like I really feel like that is something that hasn't really been seen and that's what we need to start doing now. And we have, to, yeah, I think we have to start getting inspiration from people that we know and our surroundings. We need to be the representation that we want to see because 100%. as you said, like we really don't get to see representation that represents us accurately. Yeah. What we had to do, especially when we were younger is find anyone that vaguely kind of represented us and apply extra meaning to them. For me, it was like Lucy Liu. Mm-hmm. I had to be like, she's my, she's my queer Asian icon. For you, it was like, mm-hmm. MIA. When like, they're mm-hmm. not actually representing us. It's just like, we can see facets of ourselves within them. Mm-hmm. What we need to do is get ourselves on those big platforms, on the screens, on the stages, so that young people that are more similar to us can look at us and think, okay, I see myself more represented in this person. Mm-hmm. Exactly, because I see like, I've got, I've got like my niece and nephews and they, like, they see my work and they're just a bit, they're confused about it. And I get it because like we are, we are the ones that are kind of, showing that and, and doing that so it's very confusing for them and I don't I don't want to I don't want it to just be me anymore I don't want it to just be you know us out there there's a whole new generation there's the, the you know we are part of the social media generation but like there is that you know new gen and we need to start finding them queens and them kings and all them people that are, are just breaking the boundaries as artists and as people and being like hey we've got a stage for you Come to us, please, because we we need mm-hmm. that. We need to we need to be pushing these these new gen artists because I feel like when we go to auditions and back in the day, like three years ago, four years ago, it's this competition feel of like there's only there's only me and you. As what do you an what Asian. do you mean four th- three or four years ago? You mean now? That is still exactly now, happening now. Yeah, but I feel like I don't know. Yeah, it's still happening now. I guess it, yeah. It's gotten better. It's, it's gotten, gotten a little, better. little bit better. But I think yeah. during them times it was worse because it was like more of a like, okay, I'm competing against you. It's only me and you that are going for this role. Like that's it. But I think that yeah. that mentality and and like this hierarchy of I'm better than you needs to change. Like there needs to be a togetherness and like like if there's just two of us in the room, then we have to like be powerful together. You know, and instead of it being one role oh, the director's going to be like, oh, actually, this both of them are so amazing, we're going to give both of them the roles. You know, that type of stuff, I think we need to hopefully start moving to. Maybe I'm living in my my brain still, in my own fantasy, but I just hope that one day... I mean... You know, that changes. That's the dream. I do, because I do feel like, you know, I'm tired of being the only person of colour artist on these lineups. Like Soraya Marshall said, you know, like, it's tiring and it's annoying just being that that early POC artist or being that early POC artist for the for the TV. Yeah. Not yeah, I mean the thing is like not even just the TV. So often I'm sure you've experienced it you're booked on a on a you know a drag yeah. nightlife cabaret lineup and you are the only non-white person on that lineup. Mhm. Mm-hmm. And so luckily we are seeing more change mm-hmm. happen on that level in our scenes, in our cabaret scenes. And I mean, the ideal is that we make changes in, in our, in our immediate sphere. Yeah. And then we can like 
push those changes out beyond that so that yeah. on wider, bigger stages and on TV, we will start to see more representation. I think one of the issues and one of the main blockades that we're going to have, though, continuing in our scenes, in cabaret and nightlife, and on bigger platforms, is that the people calling the shots are mostly white men. Mm -hmm. And they don't understand what diversity is. They wouldn't know it if it's, you know, rocked up to their house for breakfast. Yep. Literally, they've just got the money and they're like, okay, great. Um, We're just just putting it in there just for the sake of it. And that's really, really sad. Like, it's so sad. But we are changing it, baby. Yes, exactly. Which is why I was going to say, it's great to hear that Soroya Marshall is going to be doing the bookings for the Dome. A hundred percent. And see, it's also because she talked about it. Yes. Yes. That is something we didn't say earlier. Yeah. She wasn't like afraid to really like voice her, you know, voice the facts, voice how she was feeling about it. And look, it's, it's really helped her because now it's, it's, you know, that she sparked that conversation and now she is one of the bookers. She's going to be booking more PAC queens and kings and, you know, Mm -hmm, she's mm -hmm. bringing that diversity, which is really, really needed. So, Go on, go on, Soraya. Say, 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 proud of her for doing that. Yeah, shout out Soraya Marshall. Okay, Bali Illusion. Yes, Angel. We are arriving at a pinnacle of queer Asian history. Oh my God. A moment for the textbooks. This is the iconic part of each episode where you and I, we pull out the official queer Asian Pokedex, which you can think of as a Pokedex, but full of queer Asian things. And these things can be any sort of cultural item or product, uh, from people to places to movies to books to food items to songs to dance moves to words to actual objects, anything, anything that we deem to be iconically queer and Asian. And the thing is, what's nice is because you and I Mm -hmm. are such prolific purveyors of queer Asian culture, we're actually allowed to deem anything as queer and Asian, even if, you know, your average person would not believe it to be so. So Mm -hmm. I actually have one thing that we've discussed already that I think does belong in the queer Asian Pokedex, and that is the career of MIA. Yes, the career of MIA. I think we need to put her in. We need to snatch her into that Pokedex and slap her in there. And we're not talking about just paper planes no 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 no. this is not a one-hit wonder situation we're talking about the long and illustrious career of m-i-a yes miyamatangi we love her and now it's your turn i need you to pick one thing your number one choice of cultural product that belongs in the queer asian pokedex i'm going to say your gold coat that you borrowed me the jacket for the month. Shut up. Honey, that, that <laughs> is, that is the most iconic object that we're going to add in there. <laughs> oh my God. I cannot even believe that. Do you still have that, by the way? You- no, I don't even have it anymore. <gasps> Shay Shay, no. I should have given it to you, you but I think. broken my heart. Oh gosh. I, I had worn it so many times up until that point. Then you wore it for that thing. And then later that year, I think I was doing a big kind of, you know, overhaul of my stuff. And I, I looked at that shirt and I thought, I at that point, I thought the music video was going to mm-hmm. come out. And I was like, 
you have been immortalized in a music video. It's time for me to pass you on. Yeah. I should have saved it for you. <laughs> oh my God. Do you know what? No, do you know what I should have done? I should have just worn it and taken it home. You because, should have stolen you it. Know, <gasps> I should have taken it. Or just let, just, this is what I do with my girls. I'll be like, yeah, I'm just going to borrow it and never give it back. Yeah. So I should just be like, Shay, I'm just going to borrow it and never give it back. And at that time, we didn't know each other at all. I probably wouldn't have let you borrow it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you wouldn't have. No, but see, that's why it makes it even more iconic because the spirit of that jacket lives on. Do you know what I'm saying? So uh, yeah. we got that, honey. So yes, I want to <laughs> add that in there, please. Okay, now now our viewers, uh, our viewers, yes, our listeners need to become viewers and go seek out the Freedom music video, the one that was released in 2020. And also, do you know what we have to do as well? We, I think we should actually put a screenshot of the jacket. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 on, yeah I on will. Socials. I will. It'll, so we can it'll... give it a little teaser. Yeah. We can tease them. You can find it on Bitten Peach Pod. I might actually post a small clip of the music video featuring you. So that they can see. Yes, I knew because there's some shots where like on the, um, I think it's like meet the, meet the stars or, you know, meet us. There's a little clip where it goes from you to me. So we should use that too. Oh, I know which video you're talking about. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) How funny. (laughs) Okay. So that's our first piece of clothing. To be entered into the queer Asian Pokedex. We've had a lot of iconic mm-hmm. people, a few foods, but that is the first clothing item. And oh no, it's not the first clothing item. <gasps> I'm sorry, I lied. Raheem entered veils. No, not Raheem. Yeah. That that bitch. She put oh, she put veils in. Don't worry, she's fabulous as me, so she can she can take that first. It's all right. I'll allow her this time. But around. Don't worry. Raheem, <laughs> you know, Raheem is the Oh no, I can't remember. In your in your Bali, uh, in your Cinderella. Yeah, Cinderella. What? She was the Agni Devi, the Agni Devi, yeah. which means fire. Oh, but then later she's the she's the girl that tries to replace you in the group <gasps> in Dream Girls, yes. isn't she? Yes, she is the. I forgot her name right now, but she's the one who gets who replaces. Jennifer Hudson. Yes. In, so, so those are listeners who don't know. We're talking about Cinderella. That's with an S Cinderella. and two O, Cinderella, which, if I'm not yeah. mistaken, Cindur is yeah. like the, the colored powder that gets placed on the forehead. Yeah. So it, it's a red powder that's placed on the forehead to symbolize marriage. So uh, women normally wear it. So to show everybody that she's married, like everybody that she's taken, honey. So. That's what that symbolizes. And so I really wanted, yes. I really wanted to like bring Cinderella and, you know, this, this story of Cinderella, but instead of it being, she's, she's, you know, marrying her prince. Um, since Cinderella is marrying dance. So, um, and also with that, instead of having one fairy godmother, I had four. Cinderella had four. She, yeah, she deserves yeah, it. Yeah, she had four of them, which all were like earth gods, fire gods. It was a bit of, we had a bit of like, you know, Avatar The Last Airbender, a bit of... Yeah, um, you had a little bit of the four nations. Yes, honey, we had to have a bit of anime in there because we love we love making it pan-Asian as, when, when we can. We love it for it to be pan-Asian because Asia is so amazing and I think we, we should bridge more of this more of this in there. So I really wanted to do that too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I kind of had... Preach. Yeah, had that in there too. And then it went into this random outburst of dream girls. <laughs> Um, you know, it, it, you know, you say random outbursts, but in the moment it made perfect sense. Yeah. <laughs> the narrative really made sense. And so those listening, it was a full 
show of two acts, a fully lip-synced dance-based show mm-hmm. that kind of stole, told this story of Cinderella, which had, as you said, kind of the, f- the four elements represented in these uh, god uh, godmother-type characters. Mm-hmm. And then we also had kind of this dream girl spoof, but very, very... Bollywood and 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 hip hop incorporated into yeah. it, and this was a show that you made and developed. And you know what? I'm calling it right now. Cinderella is going into the queer Asian <gasps> Pokédex. Yay! Oh, thank she's you. In. She's been snatched, which means okay. Now not only Cinderella is in, but the shirt that we've both worn is going in. So you've you've managed to wiggle yourself yeah. into the queer Asian Pokédex, haven't you? You sneaky little serpent. Honey, I have. I love sneaking into places. Oh, gosh. Okay, if you'd like to sneak into <laughs> Bali Illusions places, please tell them where they can oh. find you on social media. We already heard you're on Hinge, so you got to find them on Hinge. But where else could they slip in for an entanglement? So my Hinge is with my government name. So if you know my government name, then 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 you're in. But if if not, my, my Instagram is at mm-hmm. Bali and Disco Illusion. So that's Bali for B. O-L-L-Y underscore we all know that little underscore sign the cheeky little devil of the underscore that, you add that, that cheeky little underscore you add so that cheeky in and then you add in something that you know people call it a delusion but it's not a delusion it's the illusion I-L-L-U-S-I-O-N there you go that's for welcome to the, the Bali illusion spelling bee oh my god that should be my next show I've got that. There you go. Thank you for that, Shisha. Okay, so you've got Cinderella. Next, you're working on your entanglement show. Then you're going to have a spelling bee show. We got your whole career mapped out in this one episode. Yes, honey. And if they want to see more, I'm sure they'll see it at a bit and beach shows, honey. Let's go. Yes, indeed. We'll be back soon. Let's go. We got to keep on going. We do. And now comes the very end of the episode where I ask you, mm-hmm. you get to say goodbye to our listeners in any language, real or made up, that you so choose. Okay, so I'm going to say mwah to everybody because that's a kiss. A virtual Ooh. kiss to everybody from me to you. A big virtual COVID safe kiss. Let's yeah. give them another. Mwah. There you go, angels. Thanks for biting down into another episode of Bitten Peach Pod. Please find us on Instagram at Bitten Peach Pod. And the best thing you could possibly ever do for us, us crazy queer Asians, is share this to all your friends. Please, thanks so much. (gasps) See you next week. Chilling and vibesing and laughing and crying. That's all we want to do. That's all we want to do.